Damo, you big sweet tooth. Yes, MP, you chocoholic. So naughty but nice. We're a hit at the Wellness Summit and I want more. Well, how does 20 recipes in their free ebook Heavenly Healthy Desserts sound, MP? Jeepers, Damo, I'm loving that. Or you can hop on down to their brand new cafe, Selection Cafe in South Melbourne and receive 10% off your favourite healthy desserts. Woohoo! To do so, go to sonaughtybutnice.com forward slash couch and fill in your details to receive your free ebook and discount voucher. That's www.sonaughtybutnice.com forward slash couch. So naughty but nice. Delicious nutrition. Thewellnesscouch.com. Streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Abnormal Psychologist, the show that shares everyday insights into getting the best out of your mind, body, and lifestyle. Now, please welcome your host, The Abnormal Psychologist herself, Carrie Thompson-Casey. Hello, and how are you going? Welcome to another episode of The Abnormal Psychologist with me, your host, Carrie Thompson-Casey, the show where we are giving you the how-to to to get the best out of you. And today, we are talking to the beautiful Dr. Claire Merrick, chiropractor, who I had the absolute delight of meeting earlier this year, and I just wanted to share her gorgeousness with you. So welcome, Claire. Hi, Carrie. What a fantastic introduction. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. So, Claire, share with the listeners your story. How did you arrive at that point where I I caught up with you recently this year? So, I came to Australia just over 10 years ago. And my first job when I arrived was as a chiropractic assistant. And that came about as a result of going for a job interview and hearing the chiropractor at the time standing up and giving us a 10-minute presentation on what chiropractic is. And I had never heard anybody speak with such incredible passion and inspiration and this incredible zest for life that I had never really seen in anybody before, but was something that I always knew that was in every one of us. And at the time, I thought, well... If I can have what he's having, then I need to be a chiropractor too, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was almost infectious. It was just this incredible energy and vibrancy and zest for life that I had honestly never seen as far as jobs go. I'd seen that in people, but not when it came to career or or working. Um, So I ended up going to study to be a chiropractor after working as a chiropractic assistant for uh, two years. It was actually quite a hard job to give up to then to go and study and and become a chiropractor myself. And that's what I still do today. And that's my full time job, which I absolutely love what I do. Don't get me wrong. I love being a chiropractor. But there's been that element of something missing, I guess, for me. Um, Because everything that I was expecting as a result of being a chiropractor, that passion, that excitement, that inspiration, that zest for life, the variety, the challenge, All of these things that I saw in that person haven't exactly come to fruition as much as I thought that they probably would. And it's been a bit of a journey for me over the last four years since graduating, kind of wondering where that is, what's missing for me, where was that same experience that I uh, observed in that other person and why haven't I had that same experience? And it's led me on a bit of a journey of discovery to to come to the conclusion basically that it wasn't chiropractic in and of itself that I fell in love with that day. What I actually fell in love with that day was the passion, the excitement and the inspiration itself. 
And it was just oozing out of every pore of this person. So I thought, well, if I get to be a chiropractor, I can have exactly the same thing. Um, as a result of, of doing chiropractic, I um, did Karen Smith's program, which is where I met you. And Karen talks about um, basically, you know, you don't want to be the best kept secret in your industry. And I've been on that journey with Karen for about the last 18 months. And obviously, that's how I came to meet you. Yeah. Um, one day when Karen and I were talking and we were at her seminar, I um, was telling her what I love about her programs is seeing the transformation in people after the three days and and actually seeing people realize who they are and what's possible and what they have inside them and, and, and seeing that transformation. And as a result of me talking to Karen and telling her that, she obviously recognized something in me that she offered me the opportunity to be able to take that further. So that's then started me on a journey of, of possibly doing more speaking or more, I don't even know, actually, because we're still at the very early stages of what that means. But I was able in May to uh, help Karen out on her program, uh, Speakers Fast Track, and, and help her present an element of that. And for me, that was the most exciting thing. It set me alight and it had every cell in my body buzzing away and just made me feel fantastic so um it's the beginning of a journey I can't even say that this is the before and the after this is still very much the before um for me and I don't know what what this is going to bring or what that holds next but that's where I'm at at the moment wow how exciting so just to backtrack a little bit tell me a little bit about um a chiropractic assistant so what exactly does that entail um, it depends on on the role of the person, uh, depending on the chiropractic clinic, the extent that you're actually involved. But it's more than a receptionist, I suppose, would be the way I would describe it, in that you are more like a personal assistant to the chiropractor. And for me, what that involved was actually being in the room with the chiropractor while the chiropractor was doing the adjustments and scribing for them. So observing how they do their adjustments and care for their patients and then being the scribe, so taking down all of the notes, which for me meant that it was much more involved than just being out on the front desk and making appointments for people. So it was that element of it that I that I was really delighted with. Yeah, so you would learn a lot then just by observing how they kind of make decisions and do their assessments and things like that in different people that came along. Yeah, absolutely. And I was really very lucky that I had a lot of on-the-job training and I was interested um, – with a lot of care of the patients from that perspective, you know, that was within my capability. So I learned a lot very quickly, which is excellent. And so you're working as a chiropractor still now? I am, yes. I am in full-time practice in my own clinic. Very uh, exciting. <laughs> it is, yeah. And this is my fourth year um, after graduating that I've been in practice. So, yes. So in terms of transformation, so what what is different about I guess, a chiropractic transformation versus what you're seeing in people in those intensive environments, so like, like those weekend workshops or what, what is different about that transformation that inspires you so much? Ah, that's interesting. So what's interesting in the last probably six months, maybe 12 months, is that I'm starting to learn that there's not actually a separation between those things. Um it probably doesn't happen on quite such an intensive scale in the 15 or 20 minutes that I get to spend 
with a patient on each visit. But over weeks and months of looking after particularly the same people who choose to come into care regularly, we start, I have started to notice that so much of what they present with on each visit has so much more to do with just back pain, neck pain or headaches, which is the original reasons most people come in to see us. And I've started to, I have started to question for myself, how and why do people arrive at these physical issues in the first place? So what is going on in their lifestyle that keeps them in a pattern of having these continual physical symptoms um, that is stopping them reaching their maximum potential? Uh, So for me, Um, more and more of what I do has been incorporating what I've learned on my own personal development journey um, and how I can integrate that into my clinic to allow people to realize that there's basically more to life than the the pain and suffering that they think is just normal and because they've just come come to being so used to having those situations and just accept that that's a normal thing and moving people beyond just the physical adjustments that we do and educating people on the elements of their life that can make a difference to their health holistically in the short term and hopefully in the long term. So the transformation is one of feeling that their health is maybe outside of them, that that's something they need you for. And so the transformation is sort of giving them those skills back or that ownership back you know, for at the risk of using the word empowering them yeah. <laughs> to um, to be able to, to have an element of control in terms of their health. Is that what you mean? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, something, something that I have struggled with in practice, particularly in my early years and really only up until really very recently, I would even say in the last couple of weeks, if I'm completely honest. Yeah. Um, the responsibility that I put on myself that I had to fix everybody that came in was sometimes actually quite paralyzing that I would well just that it would be so paralyzing that I almost didn't know how to move forward because I had a sense that if I couldn't fix these people and I meant probably in more ways than just back pain neck pain or headaches if I couldn't fix these people then what use am I as a practitioner so that's certainly something from my own um the pressures and stresses I put on myself and my own expectations about what I think that I was there for in that purpose um, have sometimes made my job very, very difficult because then if somebody came in and they weren't fixed, if you'll, you know, excuse the air inverted commas, um, then I thought then I wasn't doing my job properly and then there was no point to me. Yeah, it's interesting because there's quite some parallels, you know, from a therapeutic perspective too and I guess in my job. And I was actually talking to someone about this today in that intensives are really interesting because if you think of it like moving up rungs of a ladder but it doesn't necessarily need to be a vertical ladder up against a wall but just using the rung idea that in order to progress to the next step then there needs to be a certain amount of knowledge and a certain amount of practice or behavioral changes Um, and so when that happens the person then progresses in their next installment to the next rung obviously and so when it's like a three-day intensive, you're moving up that ladder extremely quickly. It's like, right, did you get that step? Okay, let's move to the next step. But from, a, I guess, a chiropractic or a psychological intervention perspective, those rungs are placed, you know, one or two weeks apart. So the, the gains that could be made aren't 
because it's about that sustained change. That's it's right. not about the rapid progression. And so intensive can be incredibly powerful if the transformation doesn't need to be slow. But I think, you know, and, and quite often sometimes people come and see me and they want to be seen weekly. They want to get to the to the bottom of this and get change happening. And I often, and, and other psychologists will probably disagree with me, but I guess my theory there is that it gives a good two weeks to allow that person to put some of these strategies into practice and allow opportunities to arise to test those theories. So if it's, for example, that they can cope with something they thought they couldn't cope with, such as a, a, a stressor that provokes anxiety, that are waiting for that opportunity to arise. So it might be for a, a, um, a teenager to have to stand up in class and read. And then once the teacher calls them out, they draw on the strategies we've discussed. Um, they they will have practiced them before though. And once they then have to draw on that, see how that works and then provide feedback at the next session about the success of that strategy. And that's something that can only be done over time. You know, certainly people can change their mindset quite rapidly in a condensed or intensive situation. But what are the sustained changes? And I mean, you would know this too. I mean, um, I know that you're like me in that you, you know, you you do look for resources and information and, and not because it's so much, sometimes I think it feels like it comes from a place of lack, but actually, oh, absolutely. I, <laughs> I think that what it feels like it does. But I think what you and I both agree on is actually what we're looking for is something else that we can give to the, the wonderful people that listen to us. That's right. You know, we're looking for that next piece of information that they can add to their their armour or add to their repertoire or their toolkit. Absolutely. And, you know, I am the classic example of going to those three-day seminars and I come back <laughs> like a bottle of pop. And I've got it all worked out and it's all there and it's done and dusted and woo, here we go. Onwards and upwards. Yay, everybody like popping poppers and shouting from the rooftops. And get on the Claire train, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, until I get back into practice on Monday morning and real life hits me again. And then guess what? Mm -mm, all those strategies, not quite so effective. And I guess this is the thing, is that I have spent a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of energy and a lot of years really with all of this. Um going from place to place, exactly like you said, trying to gain knowledge and gain experience as tools. But this is what I have found to be true for me, is that for every time I use somebody else's how-tos, they might work for me because of, I guess, the, the way that I am. I don't make them translate into any uh, miraculous outcome. So the how-tos for me might work for 10 days or they might work for two weeks. And I might get to the big, three chapters into this is the best book you'll ever read to insert outcome. <laughs> yep. I might get two chapters in and then I'll oh go look oh look over here there's this book and they're promising these things and then I'm going to read a little bit about that and then this person saying do these three steps and if you do these three steps then wow it'll be fantastic and you'll have the answer to all of your prayers and so on and so forth and yeah no and see this is the thing I'm not going to be the person that says today if you do this 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 and this then you too will have the answer to everything because this is what I know to be true for myself most of the time I'm scared of even having this interview for example is <laughs> yeah. very scary for me um I have spent a lot of my life thinking that I'm average like genuinely that's if 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 anyone would have asked me really not that long ago 
how would you describe yourself? I would have said, oh, you know, just the average person. Um, I have spent a long, long time comparing myself to everybody else. And I've done that in chiropractic. I've done that in everything. So as a chiropractor, there are there is a scale of chiropractors. There are uh, one end of the scale of chiropractors would be viewed as very holistic and uh, very philosophical. And there would be the other end of the chiropractic scale that people are very research driven and very biomechanical driven. And depending on which camp you're in, you could get very drawn into, I need to be a chiropractor like this person, or I need to be a chiropractor like that person. And as a result, in my professional practice, that's created a huge identity crisis for me because I will swing from one end of the scale to the other. And the reality is actually I probably fit somewhere in the middle. (laughs) There's that average again. No, I didn't say that. But it's not average. I mean, I think that's being um, kind of balanced. That's right. And it's actually just coming to the conclusion that I can't be like anybody else. And the more I try to be like somebody else, there's a lot of trying and doing in that instead of just being. And honestly, this is something that I've come to literally probably only in the last week, the conclusion of what am, what am I actually trying to do? I don't need to try to be me. I just need to be me. Even in preparation for this interview, when you first asked me to do it, my first thought was me? Why me? What have I got to say? I haven't done anything exciting and I haven't got all the answers or this miracle formula to do life and it would be the last thing I would say to anybody is don't try to do anything I would do because that would be trying to be like me where my strongest advice for people to be do what you do to be you and anytime you're looking outside of yourself or uh, searching for answers here there and everywhere you might get um an element of satisfaction that lasts for a certain period of time, but it's never sustainable, exactly like you said earlier. And I know for my own self, what I am consistent with is being inconsistent. And I can guarantee that's the truth. I am consistently inconsistent. (laughs) And so instead of fighting against that, what I'm starting to learn is that's okay because that's me. It just means that I, I actually get bored quite easily. And this is why I jump from place to place because I, I look for people who excite me and challenges that excite me and things that inspire me and things that keep creating variety and excitement in my life that's not just um, drawn from the struggle and the mundane because I don't buy into that and I never have. So I guess that's for me where the search has always come in, thinking that I need to jump from one place to the next to find all these answers but I'm not finding answers. What I'm finding is amazing people like yourself who I get to hang out with. <laughs> and I think and, that's the cool thing. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 for me. That That's the thing. It's not, you know, and I'm still trying to figure out who I am and what I want. Um, yeah. And I'm cool with that journey now. And I think, though, coming back to those intensives and workshops and things that, you know, we go to, what I think is really powerful about is that we do see that transformation in others and and in ourselves and that reminds us of the power of of information and knowledge so even though we may drip feed it over a more over a slower period i think um and it's interesting i've actually sort of recently done another intensive and the intensive was very very different to what like nothing to do with being a psychologist really at all but 
what I found was watching others really reminds me of like you're saying, everyone's at a different place and they hear the things they need to hear at different times. And remembering I was standing next to you when Karen talked to you about that (laughs) idea and I remember for you at that time, that's what you needed to hear. You know, you needed to be, if you don't mind me saying this in front of the thousands of listeners, Go ahead. Um, I don't know what you're going to say, but I, so I can't give you permission. But go ahead anyway. But but it's that reminder of value. It, it doesn't. It, it you know it, it's so easy for us to undervalue yourself. And in fact, if we're going to be really un- honest and hang our underpants out in the wind here, you know, 15 minutes before I got on the call with you, I had a complete meltdown on my phone with my husband because I had got this letter that was really upsetting, and I'm like, you know bloody hell you hope this is pg rated but what's this all for you know every time i take a step forward i feel like we're taking two steps back you know this all seems just so hard why am i trying so hard to be there for other people and trying to share this information and it shouldn't be kept behind the closed doors of clinics you know this, this information should be out there people should hear people's stories about courage and survival and change and transformation well I'm absolutely hearing you because the reason I was able to do this today is because this time last week, I came home to an unexpected tax bill that honestly put me into the fetal position on my bed. (laughs) That is the truth. So there you go. Warts and all, right? You said it. So, And I lay there and I thought, okay, my relationships are suffering. My bank balance is suffering. My health is suffering. And I'm a chiropractor. I should know better. Plus, I've done enough of this stuff to be able to know how to cope in this situation. And all that happened was me crying in a ball in the fetal position saying, I can't do this anymore and there has got to be a different way. So I spend my life supporting others saying, you can be this, you can be that. Don't you know what's inside of you? You're so wonderful. You've got everything you ever need and supporting people to help maximize their potential and not taking my own advice at all. Just not even taking my own advice. And that's right. It's not like the advice is wrong. It's just that sometimes we need to be poked in the eye about it yep. and say, hey, you know, you're not you're not you don't get ad get out of jail free card just because you've studied psychology for six to eight years. You know, yep. this doesn't make you a knowledgeable sage. Nope. And and it's directional, you know, we're so used to teaching this information and sharing this information, you know, in, in, a, in a particular direction. And I, and I do think it's really hard. But I think the point I'm trying to get is that, that no matter which way you get information, whether it's a one hour workshop or a three day intensive or a 14 day retreat, it's how do you, how do you then t- get a really firm grip on your transformation? And, okay. and and do it you know how do you apply what you've learned in a way that is conducive to you yes where you're at. Trying, that's right where wherever you're at right now and whatever is conducive to you that works for you so you take a little bit of everybody and you use that as a guidance and advice without having to try to emulate or copy or compare yourself to anybody to else. anybody anybody else because- anybody because they're not coming home to the tax bill. No. Nope. You know? They're not coming home to, you know, the kid that 
had an issue at school with another kid. You know, every single day we have these these pieces of information that come to us. And that's why I love the work around resilience because it is about how do we bounce back from that. So, you know, you were in the fetal position crying. You had this <laughs> intrusive letter. And don't you hate it when you get those double window letters and you're like, mm, that's like a letter from the ATO. Ouch. Yeah. Do I open it or it hurts. But look at where you are today. You know, yep. Yet. So actually, I can tell you what actually happened for me in that moment. And this is the truth. This is the only thing I know how to tell you is that in that exact moment, I let go. I, that's all I can tell you. I actually threw my hands in the air and said, that's it. I surrender. I am going to let go of whatever illusion of control I have over all of this. Over that letter. It's not, oh, the whole, yeah. this is the thing. It feels like that, that, that letter comes in and you feel like you've lost control of your whole life. Yeah, but it's a letter from an agency, albeit a federal government agency, but <laughs> <laughs> which is under control now, by the way. So it's all fine, but still. But that's you know, right. A bit of a curveball there for the minute. But that's right. So you got the curveball. You feel completely when you felt like your life was suddenly spiraling out of control. Yep. But then you surrender to the idea of you know what this. It's possible that it might actually work out okay yeah it's possible that there's a lesson in this and there really was because here I am talking to you and I'm pretty sure a week ago I was nowhere near even remotely feeling like prepared or ready to do something like this so hey go that tax bill yay (laughs) just giving you that little little heart flutter to make sure you're alive that's it good old ATO now I'm just getting conscious of time now and this is why I called you, Claire, because I so love talking to you. But I want to hear more about what you've learned about people through your work as a chiropractor. Um, actually, what I've learned is that we're all the same. Yeah. And we're packaged differently and we might present with, you know, someone might have a pain here and someone has a pain in their knee and someone else has a pain in their shoulder. Psychological but- pain. But you take all of that away and we're all made of the same stuff at the end of the day. We're all um, facing the same things, which, you know, seem to be the same thing. Frustration and fear and anxiety and joy and happiness and all of the bits in between. And yeah, regardless of how we're packaged, we're all the same. This is what I see. And so for me, what's exciting in practice is trying to find out about the people that I look after trying to bring out whatever is the best version of them in whatever way that I'm able to do that. And up until now, it's been by adjustments and and maybe in the future, it'll be more than that. But I don't know what that looks like at the moment, but that's the exciting part. So, Yeah. So back to that idea we started with is back to that amazing gift of being able to watch the transformation in other people, whether it it's you know, and, and, and whatever they come in with, it's their story. You know, like people say, you know, oh, I know my story's not as bad compared to Betsy down the road who's had all these horrors. But that, it doesn't matter. It's if in their world that's as difficult as it gets, yeah. then the, the progress they make in terms of that, that's what's just yeah. be- beautiful to observe, that that transformation for them in their own space. What's so exciting is is – watching people almost remember who they are and 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 what they are and where they've come from and what's possible for them it's like when you see that transformation happen in people then then that is incredible there's nothing like that feeling oh yeah yeah so what about you what have you learned I mean you've shared a lot today (laughs) what have you learned about yourself through your work um 
Well, exactly that. Not to compare. Um, I've spent way too long um, sitting in my lounge room, hiding behind a computer screen, watching everybody else do life. And whilst I'll tell other people that, you know, don't be afraid, feel the fear and do it anyway. And, you know, insert lots of um, wise people's uh, philosophies in there. Um, not actually practicing what I preach at all, just not, just still being frightened, still hiding myself away, still being too scared just to be me and put myself out there. Um, and that's led me to this conversation with you. So yeah. if there was ever feel the fear and do it anyway, I just did. Oh, well, I'm so <laughs> glad to be part of that and all the the chap listeners we're very, very grateful to be part of that. So um, as a woman and a chiropractor, what would be, say, three daily rituals or, or things that you do to keep ba- balanced or focused? What could you share with us? Well, see, this was funny because when you um, had given me a bit of a heads up that that would be a question that you would ask, I felt like I needed to go away and make something up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, the reality is, is that I don't have any three consistent things that I do every day, consistently and consistent, remember? That's right. <laughs> but um, so for me personally, and they wouldn't be things that I would say you absolutely have to do and you will guarantee these results. Um, my animals, I have a dog and two cats and I actually find spending time just with my dog out in nature is a very um, grounding peaceful experience for me it helps me switch off the crazy head that I have on me most of the time so yesterday for example just taking my dog out for a run it was actually good weather in Melbourne which is um refreshing after a very cold winter so there's a bit of warmth um the beach is also a a thing of mine that I love to do Uh, just really taking time out I guess taking time out of the busy 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 all the time finding whatever you can five minutes for yourself ten minutes for yourself and allow yourself just to be in the space that you love to be without feeling guilty or watching the clock and thinking you need to be going somewhere and doing something. Mm. Um, they're the things that probably help me uh, relax the most. And spending time with people for me in a capacity that's not necessarily um, work-related. So socializing with my friends is always something that I love to do. So being around people and like-minded people and people who are are like to have fun, um, they're the things, really. I can't give you any – I definitely do this, 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 and this because, as I said, I never do anything consistently every day. It might change every day. I would like to be able to say I always have breakfast and I always meditate and I always do a body boost session. They were the (laughs) things that I think that I would like to do every day and that's what I'm working towards. But at the moment, no, I don't do any of those things. (laughs) I'm sure there's many people listening right now going, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Um, So if people would like to find you, what's the best way to find and get a hold of Claire Merrick? Um, Well, (laughs) having no official Facebook page or website, Um, at the moment um, the best way I guess would be to search my personal page which is Claire Louise Merrick on Facebook and sometime in the next hopefully week I will actually get my Dr Claire Merrick Facebook page up and running this has been the catalyst to um, get me up and running and started with that so either Dr Claire Merrick or Claire Louise Merrick on Facebook at this stage with other information to follow wonderful well, thank you so much for joining me, Claire. It has been very real, which is why <laughs> oh, I really enjoy that. And, 
And I've loved having you, the TAP listener, with us too. Please spread the word and tell your friends to listen to and subscribe to TAP in iTunes. And don't forget to give the show a five-star rating. I think there's only nine little little ratings there at the moment. So if you could go and give us a five-star rating, that will make the show much more visible. And for more information about events and programs, please visit my website. And as you know, I am running a series of workshops on resilience for the anxious mind and body that I'm taking to Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne in October. And I would love to meet you and would love for you to come along. So visit the website, carriethompsoncasey.com and go to the events page and you'll see all about the workshops there. So thank you for joining me and see you on the next episode of The Abnormal Psychologist where we share real people's stories and give you real ideas so that you can realize your potential. Take care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.